I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, small-town Welsh football club, is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Coming up on TMS, California is more because it's long. Scheduled temporary podcast uncoupling. Utah's getting a lot of action. We're going to squirt you some new music. The neighboring zones are brown. Version 2, raise the bar, literally. I love your Zune. It's so girthy. Well, that's the Wookiee calling the Hobbit Harry. Why is there Christmas music? Dunaway's booby holder. I tried studying chloroform, but it just kept putting me to sleep. Dorks from Wisconsin and their bubblers. My fingers get weird. Hot throwing book tests with Amy. Choking on trampolines with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Jack Frost was an accident. It was meant to be next level genetic research to ensure the survival of our race through a global holocaust. Here it is! Violence! It always comes to this! The Morning Stream. Look out! Muppets! Yeah, it happened again. Hey, everything's working fine. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know why. I'm just, they changed a thing and I'm just not used to it, man. My fingers get weird on the new way it works. Anyway, yeah, I got to figure yeah. that out. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to Thursday. Nothing else is broken, I swear. It's just my finger. It's uh, TMS for May 11th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson, and that is Brian Ibbett. Hi, hello, hi, hello, hi. hi. Just a reminder, hi. Uh, this will be your last TMS until next Thursday. Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday are not happening next week, okay? I'm going to mm-hmm. be gone. Brian might do some stuff over on his Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Coverville. All right? That's right. Keep an eye there. Keep an eye out there, and you might see some stuff. This you is might our see some stuff. Scheduled yeah. podcast uncoupling. Temporary scheduled temporary podcast uncoupling. Yeah, I've heard that. So we have a new. That's the new thing. Other than fading, it's gone. Yes, yeah. exactly. A scheduled, conscious, planned. Although oh, fading, no, means it's fading it's always implied like a longer term. You're gone. Right. 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 So if yes, it's an uncoupling, yeah. our term is better because we are really are only going to be three days, three yeah. business days. Yeah. But what we're, is, we're what basically is, uh, uh, turning it on and then turning it, or turning it off and then turning it back on again? Right. But just a little bit of a gap. So is there a term for like long term 
you know, final destination, no more show kind of oh, fading. Uh, what is that? I see what you're saying. Yeah, because <laughs> fading implies that you go from doing your regular show to doing either like a uh, a show at fifty percent volume and right. then at twenty percent volume, or <laughs> or doing now I'm doing a, a twelve minute show and now I'm doing a two minute show. And You're doing, right, um, and I'm doing it weekly. Now I'm doing it monthly. Now I'm doing yeah, it yearly. It's, it's yeah. a permanent hiatus. Yeah. Is, is what it is. All yes. right, that works. So we are not on. We are neither on permanent hiatus no, or no. anything else other than a temporary. What you call it again? Scheduled temporary podcast uncoupling. <laughs> I'm never going to remember it. <laughs> I'm going to try, but I, I won't remember I have it. a hard time remembering it each time I say it. I think I say it differently every time I come up with it. Um, there was something I was going to show you in pre-show, but I may as well do it in main show. Um, look at this. So I'll put this in oh, Discord. Yeah. you got to see yeah, this. So this guy funny. on Etsy, uh, I'll look try to find guy. his address. Look what he's making. So I want to get one right away. Um, it's a World of Warcraft style map of my state. Uh, there's, there's one for oh, all 50 states. Look at that! Isn't that cool? So you can get <laughs> you can get the Colorado one, uh, of yeah. course, Nevada, whatever. But uh, that's Utah, and they even like oh my god, that is great! They basically gave it zones, right? So yeah, yeah, Salt Flats, uh, the Goblin. Like down here, it's basically the Barrens, uh, Goblin Valley, uh, Canyonlands, all that stuff toward the southeast. Yeah, uh, Provo. Somebody said, "I'll bet Provo chat's really uh, awful" or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Right, it's the it's the Barons chat of Utah, yeah. basically. So yeah. for those for those who can't see this in your home listening, it's uh, somebody took uh, uh, the the styling of a World of Warcraft map, like down to the to the pen point. like exactly, like even showing you where caves are that are usually indications of raids, right? right exactly, indications of the instances. Oh, you made yeah. me want to go find out from a real map if some of these are tunneled. Uh, they might be. <laughs> They might be tunneled uh, like highways. Oh, and stuff. hilarious! That would be yeah, so cool. Right. Anyway, they make uh, all fifty states, and I think maybe even a whole U.S. map or something, or maybe some other countries. See, that'd know. be so cool. I feel like, um, I feel like they should have. If they've done Wyoming, Nevada, and Colorado, and yeah. Arizona, they almost should show those at 50 like 50 percent visible right so utah is still highlighted mm. but i don't like i don't like all the the brown area on the sides i think the reason they do that or i could be wrong i'd have to talk to the guy but i think it's sure. like if you do an actual world of warcraft game and you zoom into a uh, a zone like let's uh -huh. say utah's oh, is this, the zone is that what you get you don't i thought you get uh i think it cuts out the other stuff or makes it kind of obscure not even if you've already been there, but if you backed yeah. out one level, you would then see the larger map. I, uh, I have not. I, I have not played World of Warcraft in such a long time. It feels like uh, God, two years. It'd definitely between a year and two years since I've played it. Yeah, it's been a maybe been a even bit. longer, but uh, it's been six months. Yeah, the since neighboring. I was in there. Okay, Bobby says yeah. The the neighboring zones are brown. Okay. Yeah, I think they yeah. were, they're really going for like accuracy, but I don't. I don't disagree that it would be. I think it'd be cool. I mean, accuracy to the map yeah. in Warcraft, not accuracy course, to real yes. life. I know. I just. I, it's more that I don't like the brown, uh, as opposed to that I want it to be accurate of uh, uh, what the World of Warcraft thing. But Bobby's actually playing right now. He checked it. He doesn't exactly check what it does. Is that what he does when our show's on? On he, he's playing WoW the whole time. Is that what's sure. Going on? I mean, you know, I'm I'm fishing right now and. Uh, uh, so, well, give me a name of a place where uh, you can fish. You can uh, uh, Orgrimmar. Uh, You're fishing in Orgrimmar. I'm fishing in Orgrimmar right now. I'm trying to get, oh yeah, I'm trying to get that lucky fish out of the <laughs> pond that's in the middle of the city. <laughs> oh, well, of course that, then. 
That's not a thing. The lucky pond. (laughs) I love the idea of a lucky pond. That's amazing. All right. So here's his Etsy store. I'm glad you've actually helped me. I'm collecting herbs. I'm I'm herbalist and I'm collecting herbs. You're moving herbs. It's an old, <laughs> old reference, everybody. Very old reference. Uh, okay, so there's the guy's store. Yeah, uh, these are so these maps. are so awesome. Oh, I love the United States one. Like, if I could pay extra and get a combo, Utah, Colorado, Nevada, <laughs> like basically get yeah. get the triptych, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all on one map, I'd be all over. He probably could do. It. I don't know. He'd probably commission a custom on or something. Who knows? Yeah. But he's got uh, for some reason California. Maybe because it's so damn long is the most expensive map. All of them start at ten bucks, but mm. but California is thirty seven bucks. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, look at that. And those are all for just four nice. by sixes, I think. But uh, you can get bigger sizes, twelve by eighteen, and maybe. Uh, there's Colorado. Let's see what Colorado looks like. This is really. I I freaking love this. The yeah. ones with snow, they look just like. You know, uh, a, a zone where it yeah. goes from like yeah. lush winter and green. Mar or yeah. winter haven, winter so born, cool. like Winterville. Maine. Maine is like, oh my gosh! If I uh, imagine all fifty of these in a game room or something, just hanging. Oh, it'd be so cool. Um, boy, the eastern slope of Colorado, the pioneering plains. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like that's almost no work done on that side too. I mean, yeah. I. I He's right. There's really it is just flat. You've got mountain, 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 mountain yeah. flat yeah. for the whole rest of the way. There are uh, boy for some reason Utah's getting a lot of action. Whoops, a lot of action. I know here. eight people have Utah in their cart right now. Yeah, nobody else. Has, well, I guess there's no. let's see, uh, New Jersey has three. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I think I'm gonna get one. I think there's just the so really cool. I don't know if yeah. Blizzard gives a shit about this sort of thing. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know if they copyright the style of their maps or not. Yeah, I don't know. That is the that would be the question. Like, uh, absolutely, would they have any issue with this? Oh, yeah, the Southern California just on its own is really cool. Yeah, that That one I'd actually. Oh, let me see what Nevada looks like with Las Vegas because I want it to be like a. If if there's any indication to make it a Goblin City, oh, (laughs) it feels like that's so cool. Hold on, yeah, Nevada. Let's see. It feels like Las Vegas has to be some sort of goblin. Uh, right? It has to be. Why can't I find it? There's Arizona, Texas, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Where is it? These it's probably on page two. These page are page two. two. No, I'm not seeing and Nevada. now you know. Laura. How am I missing Nevada? Let's see here. New, Jersey, New York, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, he must not have gotten to all 50 states yet. Okay, well, this is and then, and then he's got like all these states and then Skyrim. Oh, there's <laughs> Ireland. Oh, uh, yeah? Somebody said, uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, somebody said there was an Ireland in there. Oh, there's definitely an Ireland in there. Yeah, there's no Nevada. Hmm. Weird. That's a weird omission. It is a weird omission. I mean, you'd have so you know, much fun he hasn't with it. gotten all 50 yet. I imagine he he's getting to it. Yeah. But how fun would Nevada be? You know? You, you mm. got to go nuts with the casino business. You got to do totally. it. Totally. You just you basically... Here's what I want. I want a World of Warcraft style map of just like you know how you get the Orgrimmar, yeah. like just the city map. I want yeah. one of Las Vegas. Oh yeah, that's what I want. So yeah. not the not the not the state of Nevada, but uh, yeah. So one more one more zoom in is what you want. One more zoom in, like when you get when you get to look at a city and say, oh, where? Remind me again where the flight point is in. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and then you get you get McCarran as the flight point. <laughs> this is too good. It's too good. Anyway, here's uh here's some here's the guy's name. It's eth- ethanol maps, ethanol or ethanol. I assume his name's Ethan. Who knows? I bet his name is Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so E T H A N O L 
maps uh, on Etsy, and uh, they're rad. I'm going to get one today. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, quick reminder about the morning form. Uh, we do it on Mondays, but uh, get in there because I won't have a chance to remind you until next week. And uh, we're doing best TV uh, spinoff series is the is the mm-hmm. poll right now. But all this really does is not only let you have your voice in terms of what your favorite spinoff is, but it enters you in the uh, uh, the the contest of winning a Frog Pants Fun Pack. Which usually includes prints, stickers, pins sometimes, magnets sometimes. You never know what's going to be Stuff you want. Stuff you want. That's right. I know we all have a lot of stuff, but but I promise you want it. I want to see something really cool. Can I show you something really cool? Yes. Oh, frogpants.com slash the morning form is the address, everybody. While Brian gets something cool. Had a request because um, I do the the Kyber crystal holder for uh, you know your lightsaber crystals that you get at Disneyland, right? Have yeah. those on my Etsy store, right. and uh, st- I'm trying to move my stuff over to Shopify. I just have to find the time. Uh, the Hodge listener to the show, the Hodge said, "Hey, have you thought about doing one that can hold a lightsaber as well?" Mm. And I said, "I've given it thought, and I just haven't done it yet." Um, I started working on it yesterday. I've got version one, so. Here is the oh. here is the uh, Kyber crystal holder. Please the... note that that I miscounted, and there's only room for six crystals. I don't know where you put black if you have black, but uh, <laughs> version two that is coming out now, and then it's got the two rails with a little. There's a little bit of a you can see kind of a little bit of a yeah an angle to those rails so that you can put your lightsaber. Oh, that is so rad! Look at it, that. Have it. So version two is printing right now. I've raised up the bars. I've raised the bars, Scott. Yep. Uh, raised up the bars so that you have a clearer view of your crystals underneath your lightsaber, and um, and I've made this surface angled that has the uh, the crystals on it. So technically, while the thing sits flat, the crystals will sit at an angle so that they're more on display underneath the lightsaber love it yeah sexy so, hot i'm having so much fun doing 3d design now look at you with the 3d like printing and the whatnot. fillets and chamfers yeah love my fillets and chamfers you and dunaway man he made a he made a ps2 controller holder yesterday oh did he really and if you don't put the controller on it it's not on there it looks like a little booby holder because it's got the two little uh Really? <laughs> yeah, like a I little... thought I was. I thought I was a booby holder. Well, you, you know, made a booby holder. Yeah, I made a booby holder. It looks like a little. <laughs> it's like a video game controller bra. Keeps you know. Yeah. Lifts, okay. lifts and separates <laughs> nice. for your joysticks. But anyway, made a silver one to match the silver controller he got, which is like a unique oh. version of the PS2 controller. So cool. I, cool. I'm clearly way behind in the 3D uh, freaking 3D printing place. But you know why? Here's why. It's the same reason I don't oil paint anymore. It's the same reason mm-hmm. I don't do. Mm-hmm like wet media anymore yeah and i need to get over this because it's a lot of fun to be had but i hate like worrying about the leveling plate and where oh no this one's spaghetti all over the room i spent 18 hours on this like all of that stuff i need to get over that and just yeah get over my need for convenience and and lack of gooey gooeyness and just get to it and make some stuff you know there you go yeah all right i mean you guys inspire me you You guys inspire me what can i tell you well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. you're like creative. To, we like creative to, we like to inspire. Well, we very... we uh, strive to inspire, and and and, and you succeed. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, what else? So, um, I got a question before we pull Amy in. Yeah, it says nothing to do with Amy. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> How hairy is too hairy? Is the question. And here's okay. here's where it came up. 
Last uh, night? You asked me this just after I watched a movie featuring Dan Hadaya. So I'm <laughs> glad this is a good time to ask this question. He, uh, The answer is too hairy in his case. Yeah. Too yes. hairy. Uh, so Kim and I went to Van's soccer game last night after Play Retro. We ran out the door as soon as the show ended and watched him play soccer. And um, afterwards, it's just Kim and I, and uh, we thought, hey, we should go grab something to eat. She says, well, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, Greek food sounds okay. I need something kind of light. You know, I was thinking salad or whatever. Yeah. But somehow we ended up going to this Mexican place, which is not light and no, whatever. No. But I love Mexican yeah. food. The Mexican so. place where they give you food while you wait for your food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then bring yeah. more to you if you're not, if you it's feel like, Oh, did you eat all your, did you scarf down all your chips before we brought your food? Great. Let's bring you some more chips. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the ones that try to charge you though for a second round of chips. I hate Oh, that. I know. I do too. Yeah. The stuff costs them pennies. There's no reason to do that. But anyway, uh, we're there. We go to this place that we like called La Fontaine or Fountain. I don't know what it is. Fontaine. <laughs> it's very La good Fontaine. there. Nice people, nice place, you know, good food yeah. and all that. So we sit down and we're doing our thing. <clears throat> our waitress comes. Our server. Fonda is uh, Spanish for fountain because we have those here. We have a fountain, or Fonda here. Fonda? Fonda, which I think is Spanish for fountain. If if that if it's you know named after the Spanish word for fountain. Um, let's see, Mexican restaurant Utah. This is called. Oh, it's literally La Fountain. Okay, La Fountain. Okay, that's dumb, isn't it? That's all right. That's nothing wrong with that. Sure, but La Fountain. La Fountain would have been more fun. <laughs> I guess it's the fountain exactly. Yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, there's one in West Valley in Tooele, Riverton, uh, out here in Sandy. Anyway, uh, so we ate there. And it's very nice. Server comes over, and this woman, <clears throat> lovely lady, super nice, uh, just a really amazing service. They're always good there, but she was in particular just great. Brian, she had the hairiest knuckles I've ever seen. Oh, really? Wow. So okay. now I'm not. It's no judgment. Like you got, no, of course, everyone's of course. got their weird little bit. I got a weird hair that grows back here on the back of my arm that gets about four inches long for no reason. I have to cut it about once a month because it's just like, where did that even come from? And that's yeah. been growing there since I was twenty. Like, oh, funny. We all have weird stuff. Yeah. But this lady's hands, almost like <laughs> the Seinfeld man hands episode where the lady had man hands. Yeah. They yeah. weren't manhandy at all. They're very feminine. Yes. But just thick, curly, really? gnarly, hairy knuckles up in this zone, then a knuckle, then this zone, and then even right before the nail, just a little patch of you know business here. <laughs> and it was like on the both hands. The finger, the, yeah. yeah. And really? she's and, okay. and, and you know, I see her and I go, oh, she seems nice. And then she's like handing things to me. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I wanted to kind of be thrown off or I felt thrown off by it. I didn't say anything. Right. Right. I'm sure she still was nice, though. She like, was so nice. She was very kind, very awesome to, on time with everything, checking on us all the time. There's nothing wrong yeah. with her at all. But yeah. she had these hairy knuckles. And I guess the lesson is. Yes. It doesn't like I really do have no judgment toward her of any kind uh-huh. but i can't lie to you and say that i didn't notice these giant hairy knuckles it was impossible for me to not notice it it's kind of yeah. like for me if i'm in a public place i think bill burr has a bit about this but if i'm in a public place and i see a gay couple all right mm-hmm. yep 
I'm I'm thumbs up. Sweet, bring him in. Let's go. Let's everybody have sure. a great time. You're all this thumbs is great. Up the gay couple. Yes. Yeah, nice uh-huh. couple. They look like they're happy. Everything's great. <laughs> what, if, what if one of them has hairy knuckles though? Well, here's but see, this is where I'm getting at. If they suddenly lean over and like do a long, passionate kiss over their table, sure. I am in all ways totally fine with that display of public affection. Sure. However. There's still a little piece of me somewhere way down that goes, ho, hey, ho, <laughs> a couple of dudes making out over there by that tent. Like it's, it just is in me to notice it above me noticing, say, uh, some cis white yeah, couple that comes in. I think in. there's still, uh, you know, there's, um, this is, I'm not going to say it's new to us. It's not new to us. This is something that, that, you know, we've seen for most of our lives. But there was a time, like when we were younger, that, um, that uh, the things like that were treated as a joke on television. You had people cross-dressing and, oh, just for laughs. That's how funny is, you know, people uh, uh, cross-dressing or, or, oh, Jack Tripper's gay. Ha, ha, ha. Three's company. It's a whole plot point. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a whole period of our lives where where we were supposed to be, uh, um, we were supposed to find that different. And now we're 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 obviously not. We don't find that different. No, we, you know we we're we, enlightened. We love now. it. We support it. We um, we have you know uh, uh, so many people in our community that we love and respect and honor. Of course, that um, uh, that have same sex partners and and uh, relationships. Sure, but I think it is just that little. 12 year old watching three's company that's like oh hey look at that all right but so but it always reminds a, me it always reminds yeah. me of that tiktok video where that guy says he, he basically does an example of seeing your a tv show your favorite tv show where uh, a couple on the show comes out as gay and it says mm-hmm. here's how gen x resp- or gen z responds and then he it cuts the video and he's just sitting there looking at it like nothing. It's just nothing to him. Yeah, yeah. Just watching. Yeah. It's like normal show. It's like okay, that that's the thing. It's just normal. And then sure. millennial, and the millennials are there going in the same chair. They sit as soon as they see it, they sit up and go, "All right, yeah, okay, woo," <laughs> you know, like all right, yeah, all that. Yeah. Then they show Gen Gen X us, and yeah. it's so dead on. He goes back into the chair, sees it happen, and goes. <laughs> yeah, what I was expecting was going to be the face. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys! Oh, look at that, yeah. like they're gay, <laughs> like that. And then the the, the, zo- the boomers, uh, they they're back <laughs> like this, and they sit up and they go, "Oh, for for shit's sakes!" And they take their controller and they're trying to change the channel and. You know what I mean? So I, he kind of nailed. Right. He kind of nailed it. I can't it. believe they made this show woke. Exactly. <laughs> and you and so you and I are in this generation of of a weird pivot. Not saying everybody, obviously, it's too blankety, but we're in yeah. this pivot zone of we 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 were all taught to tee hee a little bit when we were younger. Yeah. Uh, but now, now we see it for what it is. Like it's just a, it's a weird thing. So I don't know. That made me think of this lady's knuckles. <laughs> like, like I need That's to funny. stop. I need to. I need to get in my head that it's okay to a be feel like I'm 12 year old years old again. Going, dude, you see her hairy knuckles, and also be in my 50s going, oh, she is great, man. Give her a 10 dollar tip. She was freaking rad. I hope she helps us next yeah. time we come here or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think people understand what I'm saying. Claire, trying to figure out what Wabbit, Wabbit Magic just says. Pivot, ibit. P- I'm not pivot sure. it. Well, I just said We're our generation. I just said where our generation is the pivot generation. Oh, we are the pivot generation. Yeah. Um, the uh, when we were at the uh, TMS Vegas and there was the concerts going on. Yeah. There was a couple 
sitting back behind the merch table. And they were working the merch table. They were running it. I don't know if they were um, part of one of the other bands or friends of the bands or anything like that. But they there was so much PDA going on that it was it was distracting me from the show. Like I could not look away. Like I kept watching the show. And then from where we were sitting, we were sitting where the stage was directly in front. Like uh, uh, we were on a side view of the stage. So viewing them was kind of part of viewing the stage, right? Yeah. Like we were at a side view. So it was like us and then the stage, at least where Tina and I were, yeah. uh, we're sitting. And these two, uh, I feel like they they might have needed to smoke at least two or three cigarettes uh, for as many times as it feels like they they had completed their needs. Yeah, uh, yeah. During this whole time, I missed that entirely. And, I don't know how. I guess I was out f in front of that the whole time. I you were more in front. It. You were sitting in front, so I don't think you were looking over. But I was watching. Like basically, I was watching the the lead guitarist of um, uh, the band after the instrumental band after Same Sex Mary, and like. There's the lead guitarist. He's rocking out. He's got this cool guitar effect going. Um, and then there's this couple that, you know, she's got a leg up on his hip and she's kissing and gr like kissing his neck and grinding on him like, oh, well, OK. So <laughs> I don't know. PDAs of any any kind of relationship. I'm not sure I feel so so comfortable enough to go thumbs up cheer hey keep it up yeah it's uh, not quite the yeah you're, no you're not wrong about that kt data okay i'm so glad somebody else saw this so kt data you saw them right yeah he yeah, should have turned those his, two were hot and heavy glad i didn't get that on camera should have turned his yeah i was gonna say turn your camera down there and check those folks out yeah <laughs> anyway. well anyway a lot of palm pilots a lot of public palm pilots <laughs> public public pdas personal yep. digital assistants kind of yes. miss that we don't have Really, I mean, we have them because our phones do everything and more. I mean, but... Our phone is the ultimate PDA. Yeah, right? we just don't call them that anymore. No, no, it's a bummer. I like that period. It was a fun smartphone. Do we even call them smartphones, or do we just call them? We just call them phones. I don't like, even know why up we on call... your phone. I don't even know why we yeah. call them phones. I barely call on it ever. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we just call them like feels like the iPhone screwed up by calling it an iPhone. Kind of like iTunes screwed up calling themselves iTunes. Because eventually, yes. it was like, well, you're way more than music. You got movies on here and books and all this other stuff. And they're like, all right, fine. We'll break it out and do 10 different things. And call. I mean, we're doing a podcast, which got its name from the iPod, which you cannot buy anymore. As nope. of last year, you can't even buy a regular, like the 30, 60 gig iPod touch or anything anymore. Right? It is weird so. that that's stuck. Yeah. You know? Boy, yeah, we sure so. got a lot of feedback about your Zune. Everyone loves your Zune. Oh, my God, the Zune. I know. Yeah. It's funny. So many people... Uh, Stephanie and Kyle in uh, in Wisconsin, both like they have three zoons. They sent me a photo of them hanging out with their zoons, like you know. Yeah, no, it's uh, Fletcher claims it's the best sound he ever had on an MP3 player, including anything today. It and, uh, uh, it did it sounded great. It's just too bad they had to implement squirt technology. <laughs> oh, I'm going to squirt you some music. That was such a weird thing. It was such a bad choice of terms. Yeah, but it's, you know, all these fans coming out of the woodwork for Zoom. Where were you people when they were new? What, they, <laughs> right when they were trying to stay afloat. Yeah, yeah. There would have been a uh, there would have been a future for the Zoom. I, I don't know. So. Balmer was canceling shit left and right, so who knows what's yeah. going on back developers, then. Developers, developers, developers. That guy's sweating, just spitting out while he's talking. <laughs> Man. All right. Uh, Harry Knuckles aside, let's move on to uh, yeah. Amy time. We're going to learn about a book That's today. good. Do I still have time to uh, listen to those podcasts for Wendy later? Or oh, did you not do your time? homework, Brian? Of course, did I you? absolutely did it. Oh, okay. I, can, I cannot wait to talk about how 
frustrating one of those shows made me. Oh, how frustrating! I'm excited to hear which one. I've no, I honestly have no guess. I don't know. Yeah, which yeah. it'll be. Um, I have a feeling though. Hold on, I will get to it. All right, yeah. here's uh, this going on. One of the things that I enjoy also is reading. Well, here's the good news. We also enjoy reading, and we enjoy reading with our good friend Amy, aka Red Fraggle Three. Hi, Amy. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are How are you? What do you What's your What's on your mind these days? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm doing well. So, all right, I have a story for you guys that relates back to what you were just talking about. All right, sure. Um, the Zoom or public displays of affection or that couple at the concert or but whatever the, you got. The hairy knuckle thing. Oh, the hairy, hairy knuckles. knuckles. So, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So, a detective name, Harry Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. My ex husband, and this is like, I, I, there's some, like, somebody said in the chat, like, Greek people are always super hairy, and some Hispanic people have, you know, extra body hair. Baldwin's. Like sure. Yeah. Baldwin's. Like, yeah. Dutch, and, and uh, therefore, people, like, white people from South Africa which my ex-husband is mm. tend to be a, a little on the hairier side because yeah. like, that's just a genetic thing. Right. Sure. So my ex-husband was super hairy. Like he had like the hairy shoulders and the hairy back and the whole thing. Right. Mm. And which I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. dude. <laughs> but we're taking a road trip at one point. This is like shortly after we're married. So in his eyes, he's like signed the ownership papers. So it's it like <laughs> green light to start being mean. Right. Oh God. Yeah. And I, I happen to have on uh, like I, my body hair is mostly blonde, so I don't bother with it. Right. Like mm -hmm. I'm like, I mean, I shave sure. my legs, but like, sure. you know, and but my it's armpit, so light. Yeah. It's on, it's not noticeable and stuff. Yeah. Right, exactly. But like anything else, like I have to, if I have eyebrows, I have penciled those things in, y'all, because like they are completely <laughs> invisible. My eyelashes also completely blonde, invisible, like you can't see them. So anyway, so I have, you know, a couple of like little long hairs on my big toe. Right. Okay. And again, who cares? Like, mm -hmm, I've never mm -hmm. bothered with it or whatever. I have my feet up on the dashboard, which is very unsafe. Don't ever do that. But, you know, this was a very, very long time ago. Uh, I have my feet up on the dashboard and he looks over. He's like, oh, my God, you have like hobbit feet. What? <laughs> Dude, and what? I was like, oh, did you really, did That's you a dick really move. just say that, Chewbacca? Like, what? Yeah, is right. What, you know, like, oh, and the Chewbacca thing. Yeah, if I went two days without shaving my legs, he would make Wookiee noises at me. And apparently oh, he does that. He does that to our daughter now. So, oh, yeah, geez. like, it's a projection. It's a projection thing. But, I was say, yeah, hot like, call me Cuddle Black. Yeah, he's sure. that dude's like, a, what? that guy's a walking fire hazard. He's he can't talk. Sensitive yeah. about his own uh, hirsuteness. That, yeah, uh, but I was uh, like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to pick on me about having a couple little blonde hairs on my toe yeah. and you walking around like a chimpanzee over here. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. But, you yeah. know, to his credit, Lord of the Rings is pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, the, the Hobbit feet thing was funny. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was funny. Yeah. He was a dick, but, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings is yes. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a dick around a cool thing. It's a good reference, but. Mean. Yeah, mean. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like I Plus, said, I don't felt like I don't, you had the green light to be mean. Sure. Yeah. Plus, Amy, uh, honestly, I don't want to think about you with anybody else but Chuck. I think yeah. if, 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 like you, it's you and Chuck. It's like you are the Aww. the Luke and Laura. Look up that reference, kids. You are oh, the- Oh, uh, I know that reference. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, the 
What else? What Lucy else we and compare Ricky, him to? The, there you uh, go. I don't know. Maybe I can figure out someone from this decade. There the, you go. Uh, well, um, the the Paul and Jamie. The uh, there you, you know, go. Well, we're getting close. That's you. the '80s. We're getting yeah. closer. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Is there a '90s one? The uh, Walter uh, and Skyler. Ooh, maybe the wrong one. What uh, about the uh, <laughs> Corey and Topanga? That you know, if you want to go for the right. younger generation. Or the Corey and Corey. How about that? Sure. Oh. You're like oh, the two no. Corys. Oh, break my little Jenny's yeah. heart. Why yeah. don't you? Poor little Corey Haim. He suffered so bad. By the way. By the way, Icor says the Luke and Leia. Hey, there's problems with that, Icor. Can't go there. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A- that may have worked right prior, just just prior to the third film. He might have gotten away with yes, that I'd- one. Sooner kiss a Wookiee. Yeah. T- yeah. Tango and Cash. There you go. The Wraith has it. Tango and Cash. <laughs> Tango and Cash. Yep. Perfect. N- loved it. Perfect. Uh, Everybody's anyway. in the chat at, like listing other couples, but they're except for like Dharma and Greg, they're all like tragic. Cersei and Jamie. <laughs> like, yeah. Went Wanda like, and Vision. I love that one. Right there. <laughs> like, somebody horribly dies in all these, like Ted Mosby and your mother. I'm like, oh, spoiler alert. Sorry, but like, uh, yeah. You're like, the Regis and sorry. Kelly. Of, oh, no. No, wait. No, that doesn't work. Uh, oh, no. I got it. Uh, you're the um, You're the Nick and Nora. Uh, from Nick and Nora's <laughs> into the playlist. They Nick stuck and, together. I love that movie. Perfect. That there movie's you go. great. Yes. I do that love that movie. Great. That movie, I'll, I'll say it again. I believe that movie to be the best non-John Hughes, modern version of a John Hughes movie not yeah. created by John Hughes. I love that interesting. movie. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, great. that's interesting. I like 10 Things I Hate About You also, but that one's, I don't know if you count that one because it's like a, it's a Shakespeare adaptation. It so. is, but it's similar, but you're not yeah. wrong about the comparison. I think those all fit. Yeah. I, I, miss I, I like love that. those. I love a good teen movie. Yeah. A cheesy, mm. crappy teen movie I don't like, but a good yeah. teen movie I enjoy a lot, and Nick and Nora is that, and Ten Things I Hate About You. I agree. I watched so. that one from last year. I want to say uses a recommendal, and I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, but now I can't remember the name of it. It was on Netflix. It was. It just felt like a like a recreation of a eighties nineties teen movie and uh, was it shoot, a movie or a series type thing it was a movie it was one it was just a one two-hour movie it was like about the popular kids and the nut and the kid from across the tracks and I don't remember and huh. uh ah, shoot it's uh, not the one that kind of had find, i'll look it up and find it because i love that i my my daughter made me watch a that's series it tim who... watson let's do revenge oh. it was called let's do revenge let's do or revenge. just or just okay. do revenge i think it was called not let's just okay. do revenge all right i'm writing that down and it um, felt like like something you know along the lines of clueless and 10 things i hate about you and easy a and all those hmm. cool all right. yeah, yeah anyway. my daughter made me watch this little series because weirdly you know we're jewish but my daughter loves christmas so uh there was this little christmas series that came out on netflix called uh dash and lily that was adorable it was mm. really cute mm. and i and it was very much in that same vein and it was it was very cute i enjoyed it Dash and so, Lily. Yeah. I'm also writing that down. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. It's like a little little limited series where, you know, she's kind of socially awkward and quirky and leaves a she leaves a journal in a bookstore, like on purpose for somebody to find. And then it's like a little scavenger hunt. She's like, Okay, if you find this and you want to play my game. <laughs> You know, cool. Mm-hmm. Turn the page. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, just put the book back and and uh, and leave it there for somebody else to find. Oh. And so this dude picks it up, and you know they they go about giving each other little adventures through the city with via this book. It's very cute, and they live in New York. So nice, very um, cool. 
All yeah, right. it's cute. I'll really check cute. it out. All right. Look, we but, got a recommendation on top of an upcoming book recommendation. I know. You get like a bonus recommendal, guys. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. All right. So, but yes, I feel the same, Brian. I don't, I don't want to, I can't imagine my life with anybody but Chuck yeah. either. And, yeah. uh, yeah. So oh. today is our our tenth anniversary. Oh, today oh, is right. Today. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Congrats Happy to both of you. you too. That's Boy, awesome. If only I knew you. what song you guys walked down the aisle to, I could maybe figure out some way to integrate it in today's show. Yeah. Oh, well. oh that's a shame. I, I wonder if there's yeah. a way you could research that. If only mm. there was a way. Yeah. If only we had the f- <laughs> here. Oh, I found it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Amy. Uh, <laughs> She claims Chuck uh, left his bike in the garage. He says no. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to your book. Right. I got I got a so, clip here and everything. Yes. So you got to set so this we have up a for clip. me. Yes. And I will. Uh, the, the one thing I will say is just brief content warning. Um, this this clip has a very short reference to like suicidal ideation. Mm. So if you're sensitive to that, be aware. Um, but there you go. All right. Here we go. A conversation about rain. 19 years before she decided to die, Nora Seed sat in the warmth of the small library at Hazeldean School in the town of Bedford. She sat at a low table staring at a chessboard. Nora, dear, it's natural to worry about your future, said the librarian, Mrs. Elm, her eyes twinkling. Mrs. Elm made her first move, a knight hopping over the neat row of white pawns. Of course you're going to be worried about the exams. But you could be anything you want to be, Nora. Think of all that possibility. It's exciting. Yes, I suppose it is. A whole life in front of you. A whole life. You could do anything. Live anywhere. Somewhere a bit less cold and wet. Nora pushed a pawn forward two spaces. It was hard not to compare Mrs. Elm to her mother, who treated Nora like a mistake in need of correction. For instance, when she was a baby, her mother had been so worried Nora's left ear stuck out more than her right that she'd used sticky tape to address the situation, then disguised it beneath a woolen bonnet. I want that person to narrate my life, if that's possible. No kidding. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this is one of, that's one of my favorite things about this book, which I will go ahead and say the title of and everything. It is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And I think that's how you pronounce his last name. It's H-A-I-G. Mm-hmm. And it's narrated by Carrie Mulligan. Now, oh. I... I felt the same way about her narration. And in fact, when Magus called it out exactly, I started listening to this book and I could have sworn it was the same person who played Valerie in V for Vendetta. Like it sounded that similar. Mm, mm. So I was like, that sounds like her. And so I was like, both, you know, not only by the story, but also by her narration, I was disturbed and comforted at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, as of that, if you've seen V for Vendetta, you know, like that part of the story is like, it's very bleak, but yeah. also she's providing a voice of comfort and, you know, whatnot, but, and when Vegas even called it out in the chat already. So, but, but it's mm. not the same. I looked it up. Not, not the same person, oh. but it's just, it's funny though, that we, cause we were talking about Carrie Mulligan earlier, promising young woman and, uh, yeah. Uh, great Gatsby and and she's in this uh, Inside Lewin Davis that I'm going to be watching so it's it's the all Carrie Mulligan episode yeah. it's also you also right? we also talk about Nick and Nora's uh, infinite playlist and then this person <laughs> in this story is Nora is like Nora? what the yeah. heck is Nora. going on man yeah crazy yeah anyway weird weird how all that 
all that uh, subconscious stuff intersects. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned, and you know, the the book kind of mentions that that you know she decided to die. Um, so. But part of it was, I, I mean, the book opens that way. And you're mm -hmm. like, whoa, okay, why? Does she have some horrible disease or what, what happens, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'll, I'll leave that a bit of a mystery for you. But uh, she does eventually decide to die. And in the moments between life and death, she is given access to a place called the Midnight Library at, where she sees this woman, Mrs. Elm, the librarian from her old school who showed her uh, compassion and kindness. And she's given access to this endless library of books, each book representing a different potential choice she could have made. And so how, if you've ever wanted to see how your life would turn out, if you made different choices, then that library gives you <laughs> the opportunity. You can open any book and see what would have happened if I had not stopped trying to be an Olympic swimmer or what would have happened if I decided to study glaciers or what, you know, any, yeah, any of like those the sliding things. doors, but ultimately like you get, you get to read all the different sliding doors options or, or uh, timelines that you would have been on. Well, it, interestingly, the, the mechanic in the book is just that they, they look like books, but then mm -hmm. she actually gets, sucked into that oh, reality gotcha and, like linking in okay gotcha yes ambassador domo i'm sorry about the whimpering my dog <laughs> is in here chuck is, uh, <laughs> it's chuck it's part of their marriage it's just what you get that's right yeah. this is this is how they do their anniversary yeah. let's not you know yeah. let's, let's not, not no judgment it. no judgment like i said we're the pivot generation we see everything with new eyes all right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh no, Benjamin, I'm petting the dog. There is no there's no not petting him. He just wants out of the door. Yeah. And yeah. So So like, this Matt Hay guy, this Matt Hay guy's interesting cuz he's got a ton of books, but he's also got just as many children's books. I wonder how those all are. Um Yeah, I haven't this is my first uh my first foray into some of his stuff and I'm excited now cuz I have a new author that uh I really I'm enjoying. Did we know? say the I'm name? We did say the name, right? And... The Midnight Library is the name of the book, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The Midnight Library is the name of the book. And yep. yeah, it's it's great. Um I I really enjoyed it and it was Yeah, it 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 starts with her seeing there's the book of regrets and you know, the librarian hands it to her and it's, you know, it looks like it's it weighs about as much as any of the other books and then she hands it to her and it's really heavy and you know so things like that that are, are kind of they're a bit on the nose but you know good good uh good things to kind of explore and she kind of just looks at all of her regrets and says okay well what if you know what if i had decided anything different about any of these regrets Mm -hmm. no. And uh, and then as she explores those, you know, some of the pages in that book disappear. It gets a little lighter. Ooh. And yeah, so oh, it's they've cool. got he's got some really interesting interesting ways of exploring like how to look at life and how to look at the choices you make and how to you know just how to how to have perspective on 
the life you currently have versus the one you think you could have the had, one you think you want yeah. yeah 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 that's yeah. good stuff uh, i will definitely check this out i may get the audiobook because i just love that narration it's really good oh yeah right yeah. yeah it's really really good i mean i i i tore through it really quickly so to give you guys a little bit of a inside look at how i pick these books and, and whatnot like i i will i will grab an audiobook and then go we have open studio time over at our art studio and so i will go there and start throwing pottery and just listening to my audiobook and so i sit there for two and a half hours like you know getting mud all over me and whatnot and listening to an audiobook <laughs> and then by then of course i'm like well into the book and so then i devour it over the next couple of days so so there you go so nice. that's how cool. i that's how i do that <laughs> very nice uh well it sounds great i'm very interested in it again the book is called the midnight library by matt haig and is available everywhere you get your books i see it on amazon here for a pretty good price and uh, definitely yeah. check it out, uh, Amy. Always. I think Audible is having a special right now where things are, are you know, reduced price. Oh, right yeah. Now, so. Oh, yeah. They are doing like oh, a really? okay. sale yeah, thing. So. Also, looks like you, if you uh, can't tell on the free, there's like, you know, when you start, you always get a free book. They're maybe doing like a promo where you get another free book if you just come back. Oh, interesting. I don't know. There you go. Anyway. Yeah, so it, it's a good time to get into audiobooks if you're not already, and there you go. All right. For sure. It's uh, Amy, uh, a.k.a. Red Fraggle. Everywhere you find her, you'll find her under that name. Amy, have a fantastic day. Happy anniversary. And Thank may all you your so public much. displays of affection end in coitus. We'll see you soon. jeez. <laughs> well, not her in particular, but you know. <laughs> just the ones, the ones she witnesses, right? I mean, I guess technically, eventually... They all will. I they might. Yeah. You know, isn't it funny uh, how the word... It may not be right away, but... <laughs> I find the word uh, coitus way more cringy than any other, like, yeah. term. Yeah, I hope that's not how you uh, how you signal to Kim that, uh, you know, you're in the mood. Uh, <laughs> shall honey. we retire to the bedroom for a little coitus? <laughs> I mean, it would freak her the F out if I did. Let's say that. Yeah, okay, I'm sure. She would not be into that. Let's say that. No, no. I think, oh, nope, I'm done. I'm yeah, good. Uh, I'm all good. Thank you very yeah. much, though. Um, all right. That was great. Thank you, Amy, for uh, hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, my sister Wendy will be here. We're going to. Yeah. She's going to check up on us, make sure we did our homework. Uh, I know you and I did, but let's see how many of the listeners yes. did. We had a whole lot of you ask about those links again. So I think you've done your homework as well. And we'll see where uh, where we end up, where she wants to take us next. That'll be after this break. But first, song mm-hmm. from Brian. Yeah, so uh, we're going to New York City for this. And uh, one of my favorite genres, I've talked about uh, this style a lot, power pop. Stuff like Fountains of Wayne, The Kinks, um, Elvis Costello in his heyday, uh, uh, Nick Lowe, stuff like that. Power pop, great stuff. And here is a band that is still keeping that sound alive. Uh, the band is called Joy Buzzer. They have a brand new single called I Want to Scream. Uh, you oh. can hear it right now. From New York City, here's Joy Buzzer with, like I said, I Want to Scream. <laughs> Said I wanna be your boyfriend 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What am I doing poking behind that bird? He's only doing 35. Audacious. The Morning Stream. Circuits don't fail me now. All right, that uh, brings us to the midway point of the show, where Brian can tell us once more who that music was. Uh, One more by. time, that's uh, New York City power pop purveyor's Joy Buzzer and a brand new single from them called "I Want to Scream." Nice. I kind of do too sometimes. Not right now though. Oh, so, don't we all? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we can all all do that. We I would scare all... the hell out of Tina if I did that right now. <laughs> Even if I muted the microphone, it would. Uh, it would upset her greatly. That's true. So she's when we're recording most mornings. She's she's yeah. around usually, right? She's she does she listen live? Is she? Uh, oh no, no. She she can't listen to anything while she works. Mm. She um, there's so much like uh, communication and, and research and stuff like that that she's doing that she doesn't even have like classical music or instrumentals or anything going on in her office. Oh nothing, man, big nothing. time focus, silence. Yeah, focus that business. Yeah. I get it. All right, yep. it's time for hey, this. Yeah. Wendy. Hello. I mean, uh, uh, random. Not a chance. Hey, look who it is. It's my sister, Wendy. What's going on, Wendy? Hey. What are you doing? Hey. Uh, my old tap pal, hey, by Wendy. By the way, Brian, yeah. Brian, you know hey. you, you have good hearing, and sometimes you hear things on my audio, like birds. Can you hear birds? I can't I hear know. birds, but you also sound like you're on a room mic as opposed to a... Uh, yeah, you're usually um, on like a close-up to your face mic or something. Oh, mm-hmm. weird. Oh, uh, no. But I usually do hear like wind chimes or birds in the back of your right uh, okay. yeah yeah so sometimes i always just thought wow brian has superhuman hearing and i've had the my last five clients are like are there birds in your office <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out uh and we've got some serious bird action happening and i just thought oh, brian isn't as talented as i thought no, yeah, no. <laughs> you were the only person who'd ever mentioned it ever and then oh really like, oh yeah. then all of a sudden everybody's mentioning it. That's yeah, really funny. So I'm maybe like is it first. spring this the birds in minnesota yes. are stoked man they're like no more snow yeah. i guys. love it yeah, yeah. It's so fun i like this time oh, of year too sure. i was just talking to mom by the way and uh yeah. she said let's see where is it here uh I'm not going to tell you everything she said because that's weird telling my mom's texts on the air. But anyway, I said, uh, hey, mom, just checking in on you. Hope you're doing good this week. She wrote back, doing great. Uh, went to Wild Wings. <laughs> I said, okay, cool. Uh, she's like, it's funny hearing that from an 83-year-old. Anyway, I said, uh, she said, how was Vegas? I said, it was really fun. Uh, busy but all good. Uh, it was really nice having Misha and Wendy out there with us. And she said, uh, yes, I'm so glad they could go. They invited me. But those two girls are very fast walkers, and I know I would just drag them down, she says. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, we didn't walk anywhere. That was no. funny. That's the funny part. Yeah, that's the funny part. Around. She would have probably been fine. But um, anyway, she, she's doing good. You know, it's funny. I don't give her enough credit for being as internet savvy as an 84-year-old can be. You know, I know. she's 85 she this summer, 85? just so you know. You're right. Yeah, like that is unusual, I think. 
for someone to be yeah. as good at that as she is, and especially with her big knobby fingers, she's got like she's had horrible um, arthritis her whole life for a long time yeah. since her thirties or something. And they're you know you look at them, they're kind of cool looking actually. She looks like she could. I don't know, claw your face off or something, but <laughs> but the fact that she can like type on a screen Aww. and get it get it all done, you know, I'm proud of her. I think it's great. Says the yeah. guy who she does not call to walk her through a Venmo payment. Yeah. Oh yeah. No wait. Did I... Honestly, 85 using Venmo, like get I know. credit. That's intense. Right? That is that is a very impressive. Yeah. Just how scary from you. I mean, and what's hilarious is we couldn't solve it. There was something glitchy about <laughs> it, and I said. You know what? I think you have. You should send John to the bank tomorrow and have him work it out. And they they were like, yeah, yeah. And I, because I know who I'm talking to. It has nothing to do with the bank. Mm. But I said, what you got to do when you get there, though, is find the youngest person there to talk to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody who really understands Venmo or the Cash App or whatever. And I have also right. found a lot of success recently in helping people deal with their boomer parents a little differently. And the key is to just actually call them like get yourself to make the phone call time like we figured out how to do it because all boomers have to answer a phone it's like Mm -hmm. not an option to not for them right whereas you don't call a gen z ever never no you're never gonna get them on the phone it's gonna be uh could you just text that to me yeah Yeah, you've got to use their love language it's not gonna work so my dms please yeah they don't they don't do anything any other way you know what's funny though is taylor's generation they still like the call and she loves to call she'd rather call me than text me really oh Oh, that's funny it's weird that's the most use that might be a taylor thing because i don't I don't think that's common. It might be because yeah. I'll text her and say, "Hey, what's going on? You guys need anything?" And she'll say, um, "Hang on, I'll just call you." And she'll do that a lot. And <laughs> well, I, maybe she's got a lot thing. to tell you. <laughs> maybe there's also I got a baby in my hand. And yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, true. That's yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. All right, so this is the deal. Last week, Wendy gave us all some homework, and uh, most of us—I st- know Brian and I did it, but um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people sure. did because a lot of people followed up and asked where the links were and all this sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get a good gauge on exactly how many people in the live chat or otherwise did, but uh, we listened to both those episodes of those podcasts in anticipation mm-hmm. for whatever you're going to do to us today. So what is okay, that? I'm what are we going to do? Do something to you yes. today? That tells me a lot about your promo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, so actually, let's start with that. Um, well, okay, general sense from both of you, as you, you know, it was a cocktail. We mixed the yes. two together, kind of on purpose. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did on purpose. Give me your senses. What, Brian, are you a changed <laughs> man? You know, The cocktail for me was uh, the sweetest, sweetest uh, nectar mixed with uh, turpentine. Ah. I, mm. I... I <laughs> Did not enjoy the Throughline podcast at all. I'm not even exaggerating when I say it's easily the only badly produced NPR show I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. Um, There were too many voices. They had music beds that went on and soundscapes that went on far too long. They changed vocal effects like mid-sentence for people for no reason. Like when the woman is talking about all the things that went, that went, uh, that were gone during Katrina, they kept alternating her like talking through a bullhorn and then talking like normally. Um, But then content wise, for a show that's kind of debunking the thin veneer, um, for the first 12 minutes of the show, and I counted, they described what the thin veneer was three times, and not like different examples or different like, you know, like, well, here's one type of thin veneer, and this type of thin veneer. No, it was like three of the exact same examples. Uh, <laughs> which drove me nuts. And then the Stanford prison experiment, which was super fascinating, but disproving that experiment doesn't 
prove the corollary. It just says, well, that experiment sucked, but yeah. it's, it was fascinating. <laughs> I enjoyed hearing about it. Yeah. But, um, and then in 44, uh, four minutes left. So 45 minute show, four minutes left. The one of, one of the 11 narrators of the show, uh, comes on and says, uh, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of studies that show altruism. And it's like, Oh, Hey, maybe instead of, uh, all this other fluff you put in here, maybe you could have gone over one of those. <laughs> now, <laughs> So it. you did not like that one at all. Did one not I, like yeah. that was line. the turpentine. Okay. Mm. That was the turpentine. All I could think about was Jenny Josephson uh, critiquing it during ANTP and how it felt like one of those shows, one of those very early in ANTP shows where everybody who is part of the team needs to get on and do a voice on the podcast. And so it's sometimes kind of ham fisted in there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in contrast, I found Hidden Brain to be one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Um and and purely from a content standpoint, I thought Jer Clifton was a great uh, guest yeah. on this thing. Yeah. Um, the uh, you know the the dichotomy of life is a shit sandwich from from one person in his life to the the um, the more optimistic uh, person who's in the Holocaust experience. The Holocaust was was um, amazing. I went so far as to even follow Jer Clifton on Twitter. I did his <laughs> primals um, uh, survey, uh -huh. his test. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, I did the I did the middle one. I didn't do the, like the the twenty minute, right. three hundred question test, but I did the middle one, like the eighteen question test. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and it's and it um, it kind of underlined for me something that um, that I feel I do take into account, and maybe I don't express enough that I take into account. But when somebody does have a different belief, you know, this whole thing stemmed, I think, from uh, Scott and I watching The Mist. And there's a group of people who kind of try to take over the grocery store that everybody's hanging out in. And and then there's the good people. And I think Scott said, well, that, you know, that would, wouldn't happen because, you know, there'd be way more good people represented in that store than this 50-50 split of all these people who follow this one guy versus... Yeah. Um, and I said, I don't know these days, I feel like it could happen. And I, you know, thinking about, it, it's like, all right, we got to look at, you know, the different perspectives. I think that, um, uh, I tend to be in experiences, lift driving, um, being in the, in the city a lot, seeing people sometimes at their worst behavior, and maybe Scott doesn't experience as much of that. I know he he admits that he doesn't go out as much as <laughs> <laughs> his one block radius. His one block radius. Mm. So I mean, there is the there is the experience that way, and and mine certainly may jade me, you know, really far the other direction that that um, that is not accurate. It may push my perception of things further from where they really are, where that needle is, somewhere between, you know. Uh, um, okay and good. <laughs> I might, you know, my experiences might push that needle a little bit further past the okay button. I don't know, but um, I'm telling but, you, but, I would give anything if the whole world had your le level of uh, reticence about. Uh, like you're still so optimistic and nice. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, let's just yeah. replicate Brian. Okay, make everyone right. so, Brian. So I'm still, I'm still maybe a little too much on the pilot. Okay, all right. Well, now, yeah, this. I mean, no, no, you're. That's great. I and yeah. yeah, you're right. So Scott, how about you? What I mean, re-listening. I guess maybe you heard one of them before. But I'd heard both these before. They were re-listens in both cases. I subscribed okay. to both shows. Um, I actually quite liked the the through line episode, but I I'll admit I'm kind of a sucker for 
creative audio, like the way that, um, I still think the people that are best at it are like, uh, uh, Jad album, Rod show. I forgot the name of it also. Oh, Radio Lab. Radio Lab. Mm-hmm. I love Radio Lab. I love the texture of it. I love the, the use of sound to evoke emotion, that sort of thing. And I think mm-hmm. Throughline does that maybe not as well, but they definitely attempt to do it. Um, I liked this episode a lot, which is why I recommended it to Wendy in the first place. Um, I also really liked uh, this Hidden Brain episode uh, quite a bit. One is a lot more uh, Hidden Brain. The Hidden Brain episode, to Brian's point, is a lot more academic, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot more to the point, you know? Yeah. And the other's a little bit more like, I don't know. Again, it's more like, hey, let's poke at people's uh, emotional reactions with audio uh kind of attempt yeah um yeah and mm-hmm. and as as that i think they do an okay job at doing that um but i i really liked them both my big takeaway is kind of what i went in with which is i i think that um you know for example brian's point about having a needle and something it's somewhere in between is a good point when you um you know they talk to the the, the holocaust or we're talking about the holocaust survivor Mm-hmm. having this insane amount of optimism about the world mm-hmm. that that to me that's how i feel sometimes when i get criticized for this because i'm not comparing myself to a holocaust victim not even close but i just see a lot of negativity in the world and it weighs me down a lot and it and it really puts me in a bad dark place sometimes but at the end of it all i almost always come out on the other end saying yeah this this right here is bad but i'm optimistic about the future and I don't think people uh, are as bad as we as we think they are on the whole. We're only hearing about the horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about the good stuff because it doesn't make headlines, which doesn't make money. It's um, not sensational enough. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. sensational yeah. enough. So, so I don't know. You know, if anything, I I think I've and I've tried to curb this lately, but I think if anything, I've had a more negative view of humanity in the last couple of years. Um, part of my way of dealing with it is trying to find the silver linings as often as possible. And I think that's what, what I'm exhibiting. Um, I think it's easy to say, Oh, he doesn't go out enough or, Oh, he doesn't have uh, you know, hasn't, hasn't, hasn't seen the dark underbelly or whatever. Those are all possible. But I guess what I'm saying is even if I have, I still think I go that way because I just, I don't know. I don't know how we survived this long without it. Like we would have been dead a thousand years ago. If, if, if people didn't figure out a way to move forward and both of these episodes, I felt like confirmed that, but maybe that's a bias I have. And well, and maybe what you're, you're explaining something very fundamental is that everybody will have their own biases confirmed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's tricky. I think sometimes that's really annoying to think about like, huh? I mean, there is some moving of a needle for people sometimes, right? Like I, I liked the concept that you could, they're, they're at least thinking um, about what would it look like to help people shift some of their primary world beliefs, just like CBT. They talked about, um, you know, Albert Ellis in those early days of like, wait a minute, does the thought actually make you depressed as opposed to you're depressed, therefore you have the thought? And that was revolutionary. We all might think like, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Let's think about that. That was not thought of until this research was done in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, right? Like we we mm-hmm. have developed a way to think about this differently. And so if you take that test, 
and you fall, fill in the blank, you know? So generally I would assume you guys can tell me which you would pick here on the scale. Brian, you know, for sure. Cause you took the mm-hmm. test, but I took the test. Fill, yep. fill in the blank. The world is safe or the world is scary. And that you ask a series of questions to kind of pin that down. And Scott, I would argue you probably think the world is fundamentally safe. And I don't mean like safe all the time and in every circumstances and nor would someone say it's scary all the time in all circumstances, but it's really a core way of, of sort of looking at it. Right. So you look at history, Scott, and go, here's all the evidence. And someone else looks at history and goes, I mean, we're hanging by a thread, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the evidence goes the other direction. Um, yeah. I mean, and through I, line, yeah. It, when Throughline was talking about Katrina and talking about yeah. how the, the um, information about the looters was completely blown out of proportion, that there wasn't that lawlessness going on with as severely as the media made it seem with the looters. But then the same sense talked about the guys who took it upon themselves with when, when there were no, or when uh, they could get away with it, they were shooting black people and the lawlessness wasn't there either. And it was almost like, a, Ugh, all right, here's, here's how the media, yeah, the media did take this one thing and say, let's blow it up for sensationalism, even though it's not quite as bad, but there was still some bad going on yeah, in relation to that sort of thing. Of course. Yeah. Right. And, and which, well, which filters in and, and does it impact you? Um, I've recently had a, many conversations with, um, moms about kids having psychiatric um, events, needing to go to the ER for suicidal thinking and just young kids. And I recently spent almost a whole weekend in an ER with a friend and her, her 12 year old. I mean, there's some very real things happening for kids that is it's abnormal in it's in the scope and number. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are just like, why, what has happened? Why is you know, the building that we were in, we were in an emergency room, one of the best in this, the city. And it had one hall and one room for any mental health emergencies. And the rest of the ER is for medical emergencies. And they said when it was built in 2015, they'd get one kid a month. And we were there. And in one weekend, there were 10 kids hmm. all sleeping in that hall waiting for services. And it was the best there is. And that's because people, we aren't prepared. And so you say, what is that? And I don't know the answers. And I think researchers are looking at it and we have lots of different uh, factors at play. I think COVID had a huge impact, but I would say this um, sort of world is safe, world is scary, is being determined way earlier um, in a kid's world than it did when you used to have to find a newspaper to read or wait till 10 o'clock to watch the nightly news or... Mm Your parents maybe were just like, see ya, go outside. Uh, and now it's the world is a scary place. And so you have to be prepared for all these things. And, you know, we're listening to our murder podcast to know how not to get murdered. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I <laughs> watching TikTok and saying, oh, here's the whole thing about people, how to steal certain cars. And, you know, right, this is right. you know, every age is looking at that. Yeah. Anything. And, and what do you, how do you integrate that at, as a very young person? The world's going to end. So, I mean, I, I, I know many young vegetarians who it's the only thing they can think of to help with, you know, climate change. And they're 10 years old saying, I guess I'm done with meat, you know, which, mm-hmm. hey, that's a choice, but that's not because of not fear or the world is scary or I'm powerless. That's, that's not a, 
I, I don't run into kids anymore. It's like, I like cute animals and I don't want to eat them. I run into the ones who are, this is my desperate attempt to try to not have the, the planet burn. And you take that meant that, that strain on a young mind before it has time to figure out some other things. So I'm not saying this, you know, I can do a whole episode on my theory behind some of this and what I would love to see. And, but it's real, right? So, so I guess um, the proposition that this can be uh, pushed in one direction or the other really has to come from somewhere. Um, And yet there is a lot of set points that are just natural, right? So if you think of the way, okay. So, so I'm going to ask something about your parents because you know, therapy. Uh, So Brian, yeah, your mom and dad's view of the world being safe. You're not a good example of the world is scary, really, but let's, you're just for for fun. (laughs) I scored a a (laughs) 3.8 on the world is scary out of five. I think, yeah, there it is. Uh, Safe world police scores three. You know where, you know, uh, well, if we talk about the, um, we'll get to a live score. Yeah. Boy, that's uh, okay. Amazing. We'll get to that. Let's yeah, start no, with parents, the safe score. Can you just pretend yeah. your parents were really scary? Um, sure. Okay. But even just take like <laughs> Scott, your parents versus Brian, your parents mm. in how did they model this worldview? Just like this researcher, right? Like it's his whole deal. And he doesn't know what his mom's worldview is until she takes the test. Yeah, it's I mean, I could, actually, I could actually say that my grandmother, who um, I lived with during the summers when my mom was uh, having to work, yeah. you know, full time, uh, basically, you know, uh, regular uh-huh. school time, I'd be living at home. And then during the summers, I'd be living with my grandmother. She yeah. was a very, very much the world is a, is going to kill you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. um, this was pre wearing helmets for bicycling and pre child safety seats but if those things would have existed i would have been put in in one uh, just in my regular <laughs> daily life in a helmet yeah. and a child seat um i you know according to her i couldn't even walk to the park a block away <laughs> without without somebody being with me and even you know uh later in life as an adult it was constantly every time i talked to her I was like well are you doing this are you doing that oh you're going to you're going to get a, a bladder infection if you walk around with wet swim trunks too long after you get out of the pool and you're going to do this and it's going to, you know, it's going to kill you. Um, So I did have that. I did have some influence in my life. That was the world is a dangerous place. Okay. Okay. Um, How about you, Scott? How did you, do you feel like mom and dad conveyed is the world safe or scary? A little of both mom. I think mom was more on the scary side, although not much, but she was always, I don't know. I always got the feeling from mom's side of, of growing up that she, less about scary things and more about how things appeared you know like how how it looked if you wore the wrong shirt or whatever that kind of thing (laughs) and that the world would somehow be scary if you didn't uh, adhere to whatever the standard was yeah um that sounds specific but it's really kind of general with her it's not like one thing in my dad's case the the sort of opposite um appearances were nothing it didn't matter uh, what mattered is what you did and who you helped and how you helped them. Um, I think dad's probably primarily responsible for, or, or at least the primary example for where my head's at on this and as a, as a whole, Yeah, because yeah. he would do, he would go crazy places and do yes. really nice things in those crazy places. He would go to dangerous yeah. places and do something really nice in that dangerous place. Um, con- consistently. And so it was always like a thing that was happening and it was just part of his life. And so for me, it was like, yeah, that's, 
that's 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 what it is is whatever is he whatever that is he's doing that's what it is and so i think that's stuck with me i think that colors yeah. my opinion on it now mm-hmm. it does yeah i would say that for me very similarly and mom i would just be like oh whatever yeah <laughs> like, it's like whatever no big deal like i'm not gonna get a side cramp and drown if i'm swimming right after i eat cheetos you know mm-hmm. sure. um <laughs> but i think that perpetual like you need the sunscreen or you're gonna die of skin cancer you can't you're gonna drown if you go swimming right after dinner you know there's uh you're gonna choke on a trampoline right it, so you can kind of have <laughs> me- messages over and over that can kind of build some of the that um and yet and that's kind of what the premise of the the show was it's like there are certain ways of these core worldviews that people seem to enjoy life a little more when they have or they don't have. And that's, you know, these are pretty broad spectrum kinds of questions, but you can narrow this down to someone's internal monologue, right? If they are constantly hearing the voice in their head, their inner critic or, or, or just, you know, even their mother's voice saying, don't do that. People are not, they're going to take advantage of you, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can sort of feel how that might on it, everyday interactive kind of basis impacts the choices you make and kind of the way you think about it. So what I like about any research is like, huh, this is true. What happens? Can you mess with it at all and, and get a different result? And, and can this, can the world being a safer place be something you can um, help someone to feel, Hmm. or is it just kind of comes with who they are and how they experience things already? And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they gave us the answer, but I, I think it's it's fascinating. I do know you can make people way more scared. I have yeah. absolutely yeah, seen that. It's a lot easier. Sadly, it is a lot easier to make somebody scared than it is to make them feel safe in the world, right? Because mm-hmm. you can, it's like a, 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 a lie goes around the world twice before a truth even sees daylight or whatever the phrase right. is. It's, it's the <laughs> right. same kind of thing. Like you can right. feel danger instantly, uh, but feeling safe is like feeling trust. You have to really... Yeah. Has to be turned for a long time. time. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the Throughline podcast was trying to illustrate more about people who take advantage of the thin veneer Mm -hmm. to their ends. For sure, the whole Stanford thing that 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 is what more than anything else what that uh, what that illustrated. Yeah, totally. And nobody naturally questions that. That's why they got away with it for so long. Mm-hmm. Until someone went in and really checked and it out. To the like, audio. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's because we there is a natural inclination to believe that that would totally happen, especially Yale frat boys. Like we can just kind of our own biases <laughs> will just show up and fill in the blanks, and you know we want that to be true. Yeah. Which is why I absolutely love stuff that is the opposite of what you think it will be, because you it it just highlights this like oh. Look at me putting my own thing in there and that it's not accurate. So an example of um, that I was thinking last show I wanted to say for this one is, and maybe you're familiar with this, that um, the, it was like a boat wreck. I should have Googled to make sure, but it was a boat wreck or a train or a plane crash. Um, and all these kids were, you know, this is not yellow jackets. It's kind of the opposite, right? Where mm-hmm. they're stranded, they're, they were Tongan or um, Tahitian kids, I forget exactly which, and they were on one of these islands, probably one of those small planes, and they were alone for a good while. And it was the opposite of Lord of the Flies. It was 
good leadership and working together. And like, that's just not a book, you know, nobody mm-hmm. wants to read that. We'll, we'll spay, we can spend five seconds. I'm like, Ooh, that's nice. Um, because it doesn't prevent us from being harmed. And that's what we got to do to survive. We need to know how to survive a plane crash with us, a, a girl's soccer team. Like, how am I going to yeah. do it? You know? <laughs> um, and so sometimes those, like you're saying, just don't maybe get that attention. And yet, uh, they are still real. There's a human propensity to do something different that maybe we're like, that's boring, but you give us a Stanford study where we're like, aha, of course. It kind of helps us already believe what we believe. And I think, I think that's uh, kind of what happens. I do like at the, kind of the end of the show of uh, the, the Hidden Brain one, they talked mm-hmm. about sort of um, this idea of you're going to understand someone better when you know their worldview, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he really got his mom in a different way and is less angry at her that she doesn't like that he lives in rough parts of town <laughs> right. because he now knows she, d- she thinks the world's pretty scary. And as you age thing that the world gets a little scarier because it's moving faster than you. And we already know you, how we sort of discount yeah. the elderly. Can't understand Venmo and uh, yeah. Right? Talk about <laughs> yeah. them on a podcast. You would never know how to even turn on. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Right. So that I think world gets smaller and scarier for that too. Okay. So let's move to the next set of world. Um, primal world beliefs. So Mm -hmm. the world is either enticing or the world is dull. So what do you guys think? Where do you fall in that? Well, I scored a 4.7 out of five on the world is enticing. Apparently I really believe that the world is a fascinating and, um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so five is the high real quick. Just clarify. Yes. It's not 4.7 out of 20. (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah no uh um abundant with with things that are interesting i think that you know there there were questions about um uh some things in life are worth exploring further but most of it is is you know stuff you can just ignore and i i'm sure i strongly disagree with that i think you can find interesting things you can find abundant um things to be fascinated with (laughs) even in the stuff that normally you would ignore and discount yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, seeing cool architecture that you thought was just this, you know, plain gray building, but then you kind of look and see, oh yeah, actually there's some kind of interesting stuff to it is kind of a good example of that, right? Where it's that you'd normally just ignore that kind of thing. And you, you start paying attention to those, those little details and find that there's something actually really interesting there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Scott, where do you think you would fall on enticing? Well, I didn't take the test, but I think I would fall. I would also fall pretty high. I think there's all kinds of cool stuff in this world. Interesting, fascinating, not just locations, but people and cultures and, you know, content. Um, Yeah. yeah. Like I don't see, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the test. I haven't, but I, when I do, I'll bet I score high on that. I bet with the creative, you know, creative mind and stuff that you have for drawing there, I, I feel like you might even score higher than a 4.7. Right. Like you'd, be, yeah. like, you'd be way up there. Yeah. You're the weighted GPA. You're in the 5.4 category. Um, right. Yeah. That is, that, that is the thing that, and, and here's the thing about it. I, I'm really high in enticing. I think the world's way creative and interesting. Mm-hmm. And I will, my fear is I'll never get to see it all or get to mm-hmm. do it all. And that's like, there's an endless supply of things I could do and that right. Versus someone who thinks it's dull. I mean, that mm-hmm. sounds like, you no, know, you're making that up. If you really yeah. think the world's dull, you must be right. making that up. Cause it feels very, 
fake or something because it would be really fake for me to say that. And yet there are people who are just like, just no, it's not, I don't want to, I know so many people who haven't even left their zip codes, right? Like that's yeah. so strange to me because the, it's just not that interesting to them or they're more comfortable and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just really different from me. And if I got to know someone and learn that about them, it'd be so much easier to be less judgy or weird about it and just be like, ah, oh, just, no, that's cool. I'll, I'm going to travel to the next town and find something weird. And they're like, yeah, nothing. I don't want to. <laughs> and you can just get along maybe better. I, I, I think there's power in that of recognizing it is really different. Um, however, we do know people who think the world is safe and enticing tend to be happier uh, because there is just interest and curiosity and all, the, all sorts of things our brains kind of really love to have our feel good chemicals. Mm-hmm. that are a part of being interested in other things and that the world is like that. So I don't know that that seems like something you could probably train a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. And if you're looking, by the way, if you're looking to take this test, you can Google, if you didn't listen to the show or hear how to get there, you can just Google J.R. Clifton, J.E.R. is his first name, Clifton, and then just test. Uh, and yeah, I did that through, I just Googled it or my primal, it. my primals.com is the, yeah, yeah the, that'll get you there yeah. too. Either way, yeah. whatever, whatever, however you get there, it's super easy. And just, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it now. I haven't taken it yet, but it looks like it's pretty easy to get into. And here's the thing we're going to do just a, one of his quick examples that he gives. Um, really the, the through line was to, to, to get everyone to question that, um, science is backed up that we're all evil. Okay. That's really the mm-hmm. point of through line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, but it, if you're going to listen to one and you haven't listened to either do the hidden brain one, because it, I, it gives you, it's, it's my love language. I don't need the sound mm-hmm. effects. I like Agreed, the science yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't listen. I don't, I, don't get me wrong. I love, I love soundscaping, but when, you know, the person has stopped talking and you've still got like 45 seconds I measured, <laughs> of soundscaping going on, um, that, that feels like, it feels like you're padding your essay to make sure it's 45 minutes, <laughs> that it takes 45 minutes for the teacher to read. Yes. I think an expert uh, ear would pick up on all that. That's pretty yeah. funny. I'd love um, to have okay, Jenny well, Josephson listen to that show and just see uh, with you know, completely without any prompting, just see what she, what she thinks of it. What she would think of it. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's do one of his activities from that. He did on uh, the hidden brain podcast that mm-hmm. Jared did. And it's called the leaf training, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And maybe you remember this. Um, and I think I talked to, in Vegas when I was with the Real Steps group, I talked about this as well. But this idea that you can train more awe into your life, you can bring more of some of those great sort of neurochemical experiential things into your life and make it less dull, right? So the idea um, is that you go somewhere, anywhere, your yard, it could be further away and you just find a leaf. A current right now they're alive, which is great. You know, find a dead Mm -hmm. leaf, find an alive (laughs) leaf and then just really, really look at it. Look at the veins, touch it, smell it. Like look how it comes out of the tree. You know, just really pay attention, Mm -hmm. full focus on this amazing thing in your hand and if you know about chloroform and then, you know, <laughs> chlorophyll, <not laughs> <Maybe chlorophyll. laughs> then also that's a different discussion. Yeah, See, yeah. Uh, I, I tried studying chloroform, but it just, kept yeah, me all, of the, all of the functionalities of the thing, like just really, really get into it and like, let it, you know, mm-hmm. appreciate it. Now think about after you do that, 
you know, enjoy it. And then think about all the leaves from all over the world and all the different types and just like this, the incredible abundance, just the Amazon alone. We haven't even Mm -hmm. seen all the potential (laughs) things in there, right? Just like that amazingness of it. And now imagine this was the only one, Mm. right? And it would be in every museum in the world. It would Mm -hmm. be frozen in time. We would worship this thing because it would be so incredible instead of it just like a million of these on the ground. Right. right? Yeah. Billions and billions of these. And so it's just this moment of like forcing a perspective shift to feel some awe. And I'll tell the story again, Scott, you heard this, but um, there's really cool research on increasing your awe in your life. And awe is, is a nice combo of being like slightly afraid, <laughs> but in wonder and something's bigger than you. So like a really crazy thunderstorm will do it, you know, where you're like, we might die, but also, you know, it's really beautiful and that kind of thing. You know, being at the top of a mountain, seeing this incredible view, there's awe there because you could also fall down the mountain. So there's a bit of like aliveness to this, a little fear, a little Yeah, part of the reason when I drive through like Dead Horse Point in Moab, part of the reason it's so amazing to me isn't just that it's beautiful or it has this history or that it's one of the most incredible views you'll ever have in your life. Cause those are all true. It's also that you could fall off of there and that's it. Or that a ton of horses, the whole reason it's called dead horse is a bunch of horses ran off the edge and died. Like there's, there's, there's always like, so some things are, are awe worthy because they are scary yes. and frightening and, and whatever. Yes. Right? And that from a safe place to see the scary or from that enticing, it's enticing, but you've got to have enough safety for it to be enticing, right? Like, so you can see there's this like blender or, or recipe that needs to be followed for us to kind of enjoy these things. So anyway, what they did is they, they, they took these two groups of 75 year olds who were struggling with depression, anxiety, just isolation, loneliness, and they sent them on all walks. And so 15 minutes, once a week, they would go on a walk where, um, one person, you know, the control group just went on a walk and then took a selfie at the end of the walk and did that for 12 weeks. And then a group of, um, seniors were asked to do an awe walk. And that was like this leaf experience, but they do it with birds and bugs and, you know, any flowers, like really looking at a dandelion, which we all think we don't like. They're awesome. They're the best flower ever, mm-hmm. right? Like you really get into all these small things. You act like a young child actually, because they're in awe of the whole world. And you do that on purpose and take a selfie at the end of that. And so the end of these 10 to 12 weeks of doing these different walks, they found the control group, nothing changed, um, maybe felt slightly better. Uh, and then the, the awe walk group, what they found was their depression lowered, their health outcomes got a little bit better, their anxiety dropped. And the coolest part of it, the whole thing to me is that they moved from the center of the picture in their selfies to the corner of the picture. And soon the focus of the pictures were the cool things around them, right? Mm. It was less on themselves, which truly going full circle back to my theory of the degrading mental health of young people has a lot to do with, they are always the center of every picture. And literally pictures. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's dangerous. Our brain, we're awe deprived and we need more of it. So the, the fact that you can go in your own neighborhood and increase, make the world more enticing just on a walk is it, that's incredible to think about. And that's why when we talk about mindfulness or we have these other strategies to really get us in the moment of our lives, this is what it's about. 
um, you really cannot be thinking about what you're going to post and enjoy the place you're living at the exact same moment. Like our brains can't do that quite and give us the chemicals we need. So it's like doing stuff on purpose. Anyway, so I really liked the, his leaf example. I thought that was a great one of just seeing the preciousness as well, like of something so ordinary. Um, it can be a powerful way to kind of move you towards enticing versus dull. Yeah. Okay. I like it a lot. All right, last one. Alive versus me- mechanistic. What do you guys think? <laughs> this is where I actually, uh, I was below the USA average. I uh, okay. I don't feel like the world itself is a is a machine with purpose. I feel like the people, like you, the people have purpose, but that there's no like, ah, the world is, the world has this purpose that you either fall into or don't fall into kind of thing. I'm, yeah. I don't like having... Uh, thinking that the choices I make or the decisions or the, the, um, the goals I set for myself are part of anything more than a goal to get my community, my even personal self to a certain place rather than the world is getting you to this place and you're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe let me define this a little for those who are. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Alive means that you, you have this, you know, belief that everything happens for a purpose. You're intended to do things. Uh, there's like a specialness to you and everyone. And all of this is working together for some common real reason, right? Like meaning and value, which we know from all the happiness research, finding purpose and finding meaning is crucial to feeling good, right? So that's that's probably why that scales for people uh, who are feeling a little better about life that they feel they have a purpose. So mechanistic is more like nobody's special. We don't need you. It's a little more indifferent. Um, and, and like you said, there, there can be this dis- distinguishment between like me and my own sphere versus I'm impacting, you know, the butterfly effect. One butterfly flaps its wings and it affects the whole world. It's right. kind of the opposite of that. Like, you know, you live, you die, you pay your taxes and maybe raise a kid. Uh, but it's not that special versus this sort of bigger, deeper, alive sense. Okay. So yeah. what was your score on that against? What'd you say? Uh, I scored, let's see. Uh, I scored a little bit above a, a two point, uh, I scored 2.4 and the okay. USA average is three. So okay. a little bit below the, so the world. And I think obviously spiritualism and, and right. religion have some effect on that. I don't consider myself to be, I, well, I'm not religious at all. Um, if anything, agnostic probably as opposed to atheist. Yeah. Um, uh, open-minded in case there is something out there. Yeah. So I'm not complete <laughs> so like, no, there's, there's a chance. <laughs> I'm saying there, I definitely am saying there's a chance. But uh, but I feel like that's probably why the world score is higher or the USA score the US, is higher. Yeah. 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 yeah ooh, I want to see the numbers in like Finland or... Uh, other places where there's sort of, yeah, it'd be interesting to see these results. Oh, from for sure. Different places. countries would be, yeah, yeah. just that tend to be more, uh, less religious or not, or, you know, mm-hmm. have their basic needs like healthcare met. <laughs> how do they mm-hmm. respond? Um, right. yeah. Okay. Scott, how about you? What do you think in terms of where you fall? And it's not just religious, right? It can just be also, yeah. um, you know, my Destiny purpose is to and, run yeah. this organization that helps people feel good. Right. So, how about you, Scott? So, uh, having not taken the test again, I don't know exactly how it would score me. But my take, my take on that is, 
there's no i don't believe in like determination or destiny or uh everything has a purpose that whole that whole bit piece of business uh-huh. is just not uh, doesn't even resonate with me like at all but i have a strong belief that people can make individual differences uh can can make individual um destinations like if somebody really wants to do a thing uh they will they will either do it or or can die trying and it'll be a respectful trying like there's mm-hmm. a there's a way for everybody to to make a positive impact and do it in a real meaningful way but it's but there's no there's nothing where it's like for sure 100% this person here will be the one who does the thing like i don't i don't right. believe any of that right yeah, of, the difference between people who think that everything happens for a purpose versus I think people have a purpose mm-hmm. and it's up to yeah. them to fulfill that purpose versus the world yeah. creating that purpose for yeah, them. Yeah, there's no, I don't yes. think there's any like framework to where we're supposed to fit into that. We're just supposed to do the best we can with the time we have. Yes. And I don't know his exact take on those definitions, but I would describe what both you or both of you are saying is the aliveness I think of, right? A little mm-hmm. more than, you know, mechanistic. I just think of it. It's yeah, like- it feels so, it's saying mechanistic, and I feel like that's almost where my spot on the bar graph is putting me. Yeah. I don't feel like it's completely, like, uh, it's not a good definition. the world makes no difference whether <laughs> what right, I do in it right. kind of thing. Um, right. But, uh, uh, that, yeah. if that, that's the world, if that's your deep world belief, that it mm-hmm. makes no difference, no mm-hmm. matter what I do. That if that's what we're measuring, right? Then you're going to yeah. not be enjoying a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Then what's yeah. the point? Yeah, versus the you're in the alive that, category for individuals, maybe not some collective. I think, you know. and that's it. I think that if this was asked as you know uh, uh, questions that separated um, people as a purpose and destiny versus the world itself or the universe as a destiny. Like the way he describes it, those who see the world as mechanistic, see the universe as a mindless machine with no plans or desires, which I kind of like, you know, all right, the universe doesn't have like a, Hey, we're trying to get you to this point right here, but it still feels it's so that feels so empty and devoid of <laughs> of life, yeah. that description. Uh, and I don't feel like I terribly agree with it, but it does. It is kind of right where the bar put me even though gotcha. I I gotcha. okay so i have a, a question that's kind of seemed sort of a little unrelated but i and it might be <laughs> i don't know but when you've seen videos or like uh, examples or illustrations of like um you know you're on earth you see a picture of earth or someone's they pan out and suddenly they're showing like the ginormousness of the known uh, universe versus, you know, like you're, you're experiencing that and there's a, I forget what they call it, but anyway, like that kind of expansive view mm-hmm. that makes us look like nothing, mm-hmm. you know, just tiny, tiny. What is, what feeling do you have when you see that? Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had a thing to show more, you. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, but it starts with, seeing the person and then panning out from that right so it's like kind yeah. of the awe of the the oh look at the at look at all of the stuff around me as opposed uh-huh. to yeah i'm a piece of mold on a on uh-huh. a giant yeah. uh, gorgeous fruit kind of thing i definitely yeah. see it as the former like look at this beauty and abundant 
weirdness uh, yeah. that's around me. I go back See, and forth. That puts you on in it. solid alive territory. Yeah, I think. for sure. Okay, I, if that's I, the case, sorry. Good, I then. go back and forth. I I'm fascinated by both both the macro and the micro view. So when I'm looking mm-hmm. at the world from my perspective, it's big and gorgeous and insane. When I look at the world from a galactic universe perspective, universal perspective, we are mm-hmm. a tiny, tiny speck, and I am a infinitely tiny speck on that speck. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think anyway that it's that I have a healthy um, combination of those two things because the one, both of them, put me in awe. Like I see a giant red cliff somewhere and just think, man, nature time earth this is amazing i can't believe i'm here <laughs> and then at the same time i can i can do the pale blue dot carl sagan thing and see see the universe for what it is and, and especially as we start to learn more about how large it really is and these these recent images from telescopes and stuff i find that awe-inspiring as well even though it diminishes my my everyness you know it makes mm, makes us yeah. impossibly small um in the larger scale because i think well, and both of you are talking about aliveness still, right? Like you can have a perspective that shifts, but it's neither of you use the word alone, powerless, purposeless, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I think yeah. pe- people who maybe tend to be more on the mechanistic side will experience like nothing matters really. Like that's an example of like, no matter what I do here, who freaking cares? This thing is way bigger than me. Kind of like a negative, more a, a little more negative. Uh, it's not awe they're experiencing. It's something else. Whereas both of you described awe, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sure. Like I'd enjoy going on those awe walks. And, uh, yeah, you would. Check out those the leaves. Those roly-polies. Is that what they yeah. call them in um, Colorado? The uh, pill bu- yeah, roly-polies. Yep. Roly-polies. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought we I call, we to... call them incorrectly potato bugs growing potato up. Potato bugs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they're oh, not yeah, potato are... bugs. Potato bugs are very different, but we used to call them. I do love a good regional word that is so unique. <laughs> yeah. So I found one recently, and one of one of your listeners was in Vegas, and we, we laughed our heads off about it. Yeah. Uh, a certain part of Wisconsin, they call drinking fountains. Oh, bubblers. Bubblers. Did you know that yeah. word? I've I never, did, yeah. Never, never heard of called bubbler. it a bubbler, but I live oh. next door to a, a couple bubbler. dorks from uh, Wisconsin, and so I've heard ah. them talk about their their weird use of bubblers. Yeah. That's very odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love that. Never heard. So of what about there. slapjack? Ever play slapjack? Totally. Uh, the, the card yeah, all game? the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> Didn't we? Like it, that's another that was one. The one that came up yesterday. It felt like it was just a Utah thing. Like nobody else, nobody in the chat room except for a couple people had heard of You're it. Like slapjack. Slapjack. Totally. What the heck is that? <laughs> yeah. Right. See, enticing. The world's so interesting, alive, enticing, yeah. and safe. Yeah. That's um, right. And here's the thing: you may be hearing this and going, "Well, I none of those. I don't like any of it. The world's scary. The world's dull. The world's mechanistic." Hey, it's fine. There's room for everybody, right? Um, it is just an interesting way to think about. Can I? And I mean, if I if I'm honest, most of my job ends up being helping people loosen up some of their world beliefs yeah. and, and maybe not these exact topics, but feeling more safe, right? Like that's a huge thing I worry about and work on all the time with people um, and helping them feel more alive, helping them see their own worlds as more enticing. I mean, it's the opposite is the thing I'm working against. So it may sound like I'm like, I'll bias. And I am a little bit because I do see people thriving in, in those categories, but can we shift some things and recognize that, Hey, maybe, 
I have a natural tendency to want to believe the negative thing. And what would it look like if I backed out of that for a minute and was open to being not right about human nature all the time or, you know, allowing some things to surprise me or, you know, that type of thing. That's why as we all kind of get our news from the exact same source that is going to just feed, give us a feedback loop of what we want to hear. I mean, we don't get surprised or learn or, you know, maybe open to some stuff. And I, I think that has a negative impact on us. I just do. I do too. So thanks for uh, going down this rabbit hole with me and experimenting yeah. a little bit. No, it's been great. Um, if, uh, if people at home are like, Wayne, I never got to hear any of this, go check them out. They're all wherever you get your podcast. You can either do through lines when things fall apart, uh, and then follow that up with, or do first the, how your beliefs shape reality from hidden brain. And, uh, and then listen to this episode again and see where you landed. Uh, I have now taken the test. Do you have any last oh, second cool. questions of, uh, of where? Yeah, give us your scores real quick. Okay. Safe versus scary. Um, okay. So safe, safe. How much? How much of the world do you think is safe? Blue is me, yellow is average. Okay, I'm just getting used to this. Um, I am a, let's see, pleasurable. I'm at a four. Regenerative, regenerative, (laughs) regenerative. There you go. Four also. (laughs) About 4.5 on progressing and about 3.5 on harmless. And I am. Did you, is there like a set at the top? of the page that says your safe world belief score and then a number, your enticing world belief score. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah. So we got uh, blue, orange, and yellows. Uh, so oh, I just have numbers. I don't have any. Oh, I got like full Did on Did you charts. do the 18 question survey? Did you do a bigger, the longer one? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I assume oh, there was okay. only one. If you did 300 questions while we were just chatting. No, it wasn't 300. <laughs> it wasn't 300, but yeah, it, it gave either, me, it gave it me either a chart. 99, 18, or six <laughs> questions. <laughs> Um, I'm looking here. They don't ever really give me other than the the chart score. I don't have like number scores anywhere. Oh, weird. Okay. But the chart gave me, um, a, so the overall, the summary, you yeah. may believe the world is dot, dot, dot. I got, uh, about 3.8 on safe, well, about 4.2 on enticing and about 2.5 on alive. Really close. Yeah. So I had 3.8 on safe. You mean, are you trying to tell me that even though we share that difference in the movie The Mist, (laughs) uh, Scott and I are more alike than we probably realize? Weird. I mean, do you think this is a ploy by all media to show a fight so there's something to talk about? No, I think you're right. Dude, (laughs) I I went to it. Scott's the prisoner. I I watched a bunch of three and and four-year-olds play soccer yesterday with... A dude who is says some of the most gnarly, racist, kind of mean spirited, freaking what? gross things, and I had a most I had the most pleasurable time with this guy. He was he was he. Here's the thing we have in common: we love this little kid who's out there playing soccer. That's all you need. Like yep, in some cases, it's all you, it's all you need. Grandpa? I have a I don't want I didn't want to call out names or anything, but. <laughs> He sometimes like, Who are you hanging out with? He, he sometimes has stuff we to say. We don't have to name do we? He sometimes uh, says some things that are just like, oh boy, really? We're going there? Like, it's it's a thing. But when we get together, it's nothing but a pleasurable time hanging out. Uh, and and part, you know, I know there's a part of the world that wants me to shun the guy. And there's another part of the world that wants me to join in with the guy. Well, F all of you. I'm not in any of your categories. I'm going to hang out at the soccer game and enjoy my time with him. Because in some ways... 
uh, he's he's nicer or as nice as other people who claim to be nicer. So and by the way, that binary is not real either. There's a huge subset that's like, of course it is. There are no binaries. Binaries don't exist. Less extremism would be really great. Right. The binaries don't exist. I freaking hate it. And I'm tired of getting categorized. People are like, well, you're just a you're a libertarian, really, at the end of the day. Mike, don't give me your labels. F off. Yeah. Yeah. I, want your I don't want to be what you think I'm I am. Some of column A, a little bit of column B, and then the egg roll. From I, column like, C. I yeah. think the world is safe, enticing, and I'm midway between alive and mechanistic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although I did exactly. notice, so the the orange line, which is people like me, it says, they're all lower than me, except for the alive oh, really part. Weird. They're higher wish- than me. Yeah. So even though I don't have colors, I still have uh, that is pretty close to like the bars for USA average for a live world belief are higher than me versus everything else where I'm higher than the average on the on the USA. And the, I'll put this in our discord, but our, uh, there's also a yellow line for who are they? So that might be you might have in, in you might have still gotten the Jer Clifton study, but might not have done it from the same website. Oh, maybe not. But it's got yeah. his stuff all over it. Well, anyway. So that yeah. that chart I just put in there, you can see it, and they have a yellow for oh, yeah. average. So this is most people, I guess, yeah. and um, hmm. and my blue line is where I landed compared yeah. to all of that. Alive, so. you're is kind of just flipping us off with the yeah. It's like a bird at the end. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, people like you. So <laughs> orange is people like you. No, orange is average, right? Oh no, I'm sorry. People no, like you. You're no. right. You're blue right. Blue is you. People orange like is you, people so. like you, and yellow is the average. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. which tells me they're not like me. No, exactly. I yeah. know. That's yeah. what I love the about it. The blue is so far from the orange on a couple of those that it's like, how can those be the people like me? Uh, the middle one is is throwing the goat are. horns from like our favorite metal band, and then the the last one is flipping us off. So that's interesting. <laughs> I'll bet because this one didn't ask me to log in. I'll bet you could look at mine just by clicking that, and you'd see my. my oh, they let me just see it. Let's see. Yeah, you see. Um, fine with me oh no it's wanting me to take it again oh it is okay all right well, yeah it doesn't so give me results oh, they can't they've sucked you in so good Lame. all right i gotta go have lunch and go to work yeah you should you go do all those things <laughs> thanks thanks for uh this this has been great uh, yeah, that's, uh real realsteps.org everybody it's windy have a fantastic week and uh, uh tell mom uh, that she wouldn't have held you happy down mother's day. oh yeah happy mother's day, day everybody oh happy okay. mother's day to you too as a mother yeah you. with your four kids and your yeah. whatnot all right we'll see you later her four kids and her whatnot. And her whatnot. Uh, all right. that's uh, <laughs> That was good stuff, as always, uh, with Wendy. So thanks, everybody, for uh, hanging out for that. Let's get out of here. We got a quick text we need to read before we do, do anything else or goo anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Colin in Seattle who says, Hello, salt and butter. Pro tip for popcorn eating techniques. Use chopsticks. Uh, makes the bowl last longer and you don't get your fingers all greasy when you go back to your controller or keyboard. Says it's a bit tough to I do in a theater. Yeah. yeah. He says, but worth it. Pop the kernel, yo. Says Colin. Um, Kim does this. I so. Yeah, I won't do this in a theater, but I love that idea. And and uh, just the fact that it would force me to slow down mm-hmm. instead of like, how quickly can I consume this tub of popcorn? Which is exactly... <laughs> You know. Never fast enough with when it's yeah. If me. I if I could just attach a vacuum hose to my face and the other put the other end of it in the bowl, yep. I probably would. It'd be cool if it would only like you could set it to only send one kernel every <laughs> twelve <laughs> seconds or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and right. just have it time it. That'd be good. Well, it just would need to be a thin like a like the straw metaphor, Scott. It would just be one popcorn with straw. Yeah, you're right. That's all it would fit, and you just have to. Yep. You can't suck the whole thing down in one bite. Just don't do that. 
I'm going to invent uh, popcorn tongues uh, and 3D print them, and you can just eat them uh, with popcorn tongues. Keep your eye on Etsy. It's coming soon. <laughs> coming soon. Do uh, let's get out of here with some yeah. info about upcoming shows. Coverville today, 1.30 Mountain. Uh, you want to tell yeah. folks about it? Uh, she didn't do a whole album about it, for Pete's sake, but Adele just turned 35. You know what that album would be called, by the way? Hmm. It would be called 35. Uh, Adele just turned 35, and uh, it's about time to do another Adele episode of the show. So, of course, covers of things like Rumor Has It and uh, uh, Hello and Set Fire to the Rain and a version of Rolling in the Deep that isn't jury going doo-doo-doo-dee-dee-dee. Unfortunately, I could not get the rights to that. Um, But uh, a lot of great songs, including some covers by Adele, one of which is a very uh, hard-to-find in the U.S. cover that she did of Sam Cooke. Oh. So we're going to hear that today. That's 1 nice. p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. You should call that episode, Welcome to the 35, but do it in the voice of... Welcome to the 35! Right? That's very good. That's very good. Something well done. In the man Nicely played, sir. That's right. Uh, I'll be on DTNS today. We're talking about the Asus ROG Ally, the brand new released and now on order for people, I guess pre-order, a handheld device that's a lot like the Steam Deck with a little more power, and uh, we're going to talk about whether that thing is worth it to you or not. So uh, check that out, DTNS, happening uh, with the Daily Tech News Show later this afternoon. I think that's at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. So watch Coverville, and then come watch DTNS right after that. Uh, there'll be a skim episode going up at some point today. Don't know exactly what time. Just got to get Kim in here and get it done. And core tonight, 5 p.m., the usual Thursday evening recording of core. A lot to talk about, about a bunch That's of new great. games that came out this week. So do check that out at 5 p.m. right here at frogpants.tv. Cool. And uh, couch party tomorrow. We don't know what we're doing, but uh, uh, I like the I like doing comedies that we couldn't necessarily do for film sack mm-hmm. you know movies that we could split up or or tv shows yeah or tv shows like that, stuff so. we can't do on there is always good i mm-hmm. think so yeah we'll, we'll yeah, come up so. with something in the next you know few hours and let you guys know that's right and and prior to that there will be a guest the connection i'll be giving away some uh nerdy shit that i have around uh, that i got sent via loot crate and and <laughs> uh was it uh, loot crate nerd box or what was the other one geek fuel geek, geek fuel. fuel so one of those uh things that i got in there that oh i think yeah i've got a um a flat pack batmobile that you can assemble it comes in like a little flat square and you pop out all the pieces and you make your own batmobile from the recent pattinson oh that's i like that one that's a cool batmobile yeah Yeah, i like that one a lot that that's like a mad max car with gadgets it's pretty rad yeah so that'll be at uh nine o'clock an hour before Whatever time, uh, an hour before Couch Party is in your neck of the world. That sounds great. Uh, don't forget our Patreon. If you haven't signed up, now's the great time to do it. No commercials ever. Pre-show content every day. Those Couch Parties Brian mentioned. Also, play dates and art in the mail. Other great monthly benefits you can only get if you join up today at patreon.com slash TMS. And even if you can't come to the very visual Couch Parties, I'm putting up video of those after the fact on Patreon. So even if you can't be there you can still be there. Okay? Yay! Frogpants.com slash TMS for all your other needs. Uh, A reminder, one more time, not here Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, but we're back next Thursday, so a week from today. Brand new episode. All other things unaffected. So uh, I will be in Vegas, but I will be thinking of you each and every day. (laughs) I'm sure you will. I sure will. Uh, That's it. We're done. We need music, though. So would you have something there? Yes. uh, Amy 
we talked to her earlier in the show and and she's asking when the next play date is uh may 26th will be the next play date by yep. the way uh two weeks from tomorrow that sounds right uh, she said, Hey, Scott and Brian on May 11th, 2013, Chuck and I got to announce to everyone that we want to grow into old dorks together on this, our 10th anniversary. I'd love to hear a cover of the song that was playing when I walked in such great heights by the postal service. We used the one from garden state, but if you've already played that one, any other will do. And then she says, Chuck, I love you. You're my favorite. I look forward to continuing to level up with my best friend signed Amy Red Fraggle Aww. Robinson. Very sweet. Aww. Very sweet. Congratulations again, you two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't, uh, we've never played on this show the Such Great Heights by Iron and Wine, which was the one featured on the Garden State soundtrack. So we'll play that song that you heard 10 years ago today as you and Chuck uh, danced merrily down the aisle uh, from the soundtrack to Garden State. Covering Postal Service, here is Iron and Wine and Such Great Heights. <laughs> See 
like what you just heard, there's a very good chance you will like all the shows on the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Bless this ravaged body!